0: Good morning, Cornerstone. Uh, If you have a copy of Scripture, please turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. And as you're turning there, um, I'd like to say that it is uh, very interesting. I came to practice uh, speaking yesterday, and it's very interesting just speaking to a little gray uh, triangle instead of an audience. And uh, for... uh, I just want to thank Pastor Paul for being so adaptable and flexible Um, during this period of uncertainty. I was like, oh, that's got to be so easy. And then I tried it, and I'm like, this is not easy. Pastor is doing a great job. So uh, thanks for uh, uh, doing what you can to continue to minister to us on this very interesting time. So Proverbs chapter 20, and I'm going to look at verse 5 this morning. And Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says this, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. It's in times of crisis that a lot is revealed about a person. When I was at Moody, Joseph Stoll was president. He's now the current president of Cornerstone College in Michigan. Uh, But he said in one of his president's addresses to the students that the proof of who you are is in the pressure of life. When there are pressures all around you, the proof of who you are is brought to light. But what makes this happen? We've gotten used to standards in our life that some of us like to call normal. The state of normal is the state we all like to be in. It keeps us healthy, content, joyful. See, it's easy to live when everything's normal so why when the pressure of life is on does water spill out why when things get bad does water spill out what comes out some of you may have answered well you're you're squeezing this bottle you're you're punching it so of course water's going to splash out and that's one perspective for sure But why did the water spill out? Some of you might have thought and said, well, that's because there's actually water inside the bottle, and that's why water came out when it was put under pressure. What comes out of us in pressure situations is always going to be what's inside of us. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I've had moments of stress and fear and anger and suspicion But in these times when the pressure is on, that's when we can really learn about ourselves. And if those things do spill out of us that maybe we don't like being in there, then we can really refill ourselves with godly character so that what comes out are those fruits of the Spirit that Pastor Paul has been teaching on these past few months. The proverb says that the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. As I was thinking about deep water, I thought about this picture that a lot of us are familiar with, uh, the picture of the iceberg, where the tip is uh, about 10% out of the water, and the rest of it is just underneath the water. And maybe that's how a lot of us are. A lot of us are, you see the 10%, and then the rest is under the surface. As I also thought about deep water, I thought about uh, this, this picture, the different levels that scientists actually study the ocean. And so there's the sunlight level, and that's uh, the very first level of, um, of, of being about one to 200 meters deep, and that's where sunlight is still uh, visible. And then there's the twilight zone or the twilight level. Ooh, it's spooky. And it kind of is because the further you go down 200 meters, uh, the less and less light there is, and the colder and colder it gets until you get to the midnight level Where there is no sunlight coming through, where it's dark and cold um, and very, very scary. And we've actually studied some of this. We've gone into the depths of deep water, and there's a few creatures uh, that uh, you can look up pictures of. And so I grabbed a couple here, if you can see them. Uh, Pretty interesting. This is like a a rainbow eel, and you can just flip through a few of these real quick. Oh, there's our iceberg. Um, That's more at the surface. Uh, this is a fish that glows kind of in that depth where uh, there is no sunlight. Um, and then a squid that does the same thing too. So there are some really neat creatures in that depth. Um, but I want to go back to that first level, the sunlight level. Um, the one where you can still be visible up to 200 feet. See, to me, that's the depth of our heart. where things, Those are the things that people know about us. Those are the things that people can see about us that's visible to everyone. The sunlight level you can see and be known. So what are you known for? Maybe some of us are known for being funny. Maybe you're known for being generous, for having artistic talent or for your servant heart. This is where people on the sunlight level will be able to see how the fruits of the Spirit are ripening and growing in your life. I feel like if there was a theme for the time that we're living in right now, it seems to be, come on, everyone, let's be positive, right? Uh, there, are, there are people trying to really reach out and help each other and look out for each other. Uh, the, the joke creators on the Internet are having a field day with all these funny images and, and jokes. Uh, songs are being written, and it's an unprecedented time where we can go live into people's living rooms, and artists are playing songs and doing things to... Stay positive, right? Let's all be positive. Let's stay in touch and be positive. The best and and worst moments in life is when someone confronts you about the deep waters of your heart. In my life, I have been told that I am a negative person. And I'd like to apologize if I have been negative to anyone. Uh, That's not what I want to be. Um, But it's inside, so that's what comes out. And that's something that I work on. And when I was confronted that, with the fact that I am a negative person, my response is usually, well, I'm from Chicago, I'm a realist. Now to the people who were probably those people of understanding, like this proverb says, they heard this. They heard me take no responsibility. They heard me blame my upbringing. And they heard me shift myself to a category that is easily defendable, and they probably also heard the foolishness of me not looking at the deep waters of my own heart. See, what everyone can see about you in the sunlight level is kind of the, a few different categories you might be able to put yourself in. Maybe you're the pessimist that just sees the, the glass is half empty and everything's going bad. Maybe you're like me and you call yourself a realist. And maybe you're the optimist where the glass is half full and everything is good. Now, even if you're a realist, you're probably in one or two categories. You're a realist who's kind of leaning more negative, and you're a realist who leans way more to the positive. Well, I want to encourage us, including myself, because I need this now, and you probably need this now, is I believe biblically we are called to be optimists. We are called to have the fruit of the spirit of joy, In fact, most of the fruits, all of the fruits of the Spirit are positive character traits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all things positive. Even when times are tough, even when the pressure is on, James 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So this isn't denying reality. It's saying, hey, we're going to go through tough times, but we're going to find joy In that time. Romans 12 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. John fifteen, eleven, Jesus says this These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Now, for some of it's some of us it's tough to imagine us going to the complete side of being an optimist, then as a follower of Christ, I need to ask you, if you're going to be in that realist category, at least be a positive realist, someone who stays positive even in the midst of trials and tribulation. If there isn't joy in that sunlight level of your heart, well, then there may be some deeper issues, and that's where we have to try to find out what's going on by heading to the next level, uh, that twilight zone, spooky level. And that level, in the depth of our heart, I'd like to say that that's what only you can see about yourself. Maybe the people that are really, really close to you, that have known you for a long time, um, can see about you. King David in the Bible knew what was inside of himself when he went to confront Goliath. He knew he had courage that other people couldn't see. In fact, this is almost more the point of the story of David and Goliath that's often, that often gets missed. So many times we might hear applications of, you know, what's the Goliath in your life? I'm sure right now someone is trying to make the conclusion that the coronavirus is somehow the Goliath in our life right now, and um, I encourage you to go back and take time to read the story in 1 Samuel 17 and and really read about David and Goliath, Um, because the point more is that David was willing to go out and face someone who was mocking the Lord and believed that God would win the fight for his name. And here's Saul, who's king over all of Israel, in his tent, kind of behind the front lines, just waiting for something to happen, I guess. Now, he's way bigger than David. He has more authority than David. He's probably stronger than David. um, But he lacks passion for the Lord's name to go out and believe that God could win the fight. And even at the end of the story, after uh, Saul talks with David, or David talks with Saul all about how he, can't, how he can defeat Goliath. And after Saul tries to put on uh, his armor to David to protect himself, that didn't really work. And even after David gives Saul his strategy, he's like, hey, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to take him down. Saul still doesn't really understand that as king, he is the one who should have been out there believing that God would not allow anyone to mock the name of the Lord. The story is really showing that on, that on the surface, it's truly David's heart that's the heart, after, uh, at the heart after God. And you see what's in David's heart, and then you truly see what's in Saul's heart. Avoidance and fear and, and uh, passing the buck to someone else. David, in fact, is described in Scripture as a man after God's own heart. So here are some characteristics from Scripture. That God wants each woman and each man uh, to be someone after his own heart. Serve him with all your heart, says Deuteronomy eleven thirteen. Love him with all your heart, says Deuteronomy thirty-six and Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven. Follow his decrees and laws, carefully observe them with all your heart. <clears throat> Deuteronomy twenty six, sixteen. He says, Follow me with all of your heart. Sorry, that's First Kings fourteen eight. Follow me with all of your heart. Seek the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. Second Chronicles fifteen twelve. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all of my heart. Says Psalm eighty six twelve. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs three five. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Romans ten verse nine. These are the characteristics that we need to have and believe and know that we have. Inside of ourselves in that twilight level where only we can really see the and these characteristics are gonna manifest themselves as the fruits of the spirit that we have been talking about. But even when we sin, even when we do something that we thought we would never do, the cry should not just be, Lord, make my behavior better. God, I need my words to be better. God, I need to stop looking and doing the things that I shouldn't be doing. It should start deeper than that. Even in the midst of David being confronted with his sins, he prays in Psalm 51 Create in me a pure heart and renew a right spirit within me. David says, Help my heart to be clean and pure. Give me a fresh start so that I can love you and serve you, and trust you, and praise you, and follow your decrees, and believe you. Now the third level is interesting, um, and I'll tell you what that is in a minute, but I wanted to tell you this story about the first person uh, to go into space. Uh, His name, he was a, a, a Soviet cosmonaut, his name was Yuri Gagarin. And the interesting thing about Yuri's story is when they launched him into space to do his orbit around the earth, Um, In order for him to get back, they programmed his shuttle so that they would send a code to him that they knew one half of and that he knew the other half of. They were so afraid of his defecting that they didn't want him to land in somewhere that wasn't uh, USSR, and they wanted him to come home because obviously he knew some really cool things and secrets. Um, So they protected the fact uh, that their cosmonaut couldn't even come home until they shot him up the code to be able to punch it in for his guidance system and his thrusters and everything to bring him back down to earth. And I feel like that's what we do with God sometimes. We withhold the code to let God actually come into our lives and into our hearts because of of maybe our pride or our selfishness or our past. See, that third level, that midnight level, that's the level that only God can see about you and your heart we talk a lot at cornerstone about jeremiah seventeen nine. we mention it frequently because we want to remind ourselves of the truth that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked now i think i'm not deceitful i'm not wicked but truly i do not know the depths of my heart as well as god does It's interesting that the Lord says in the very next verse in Jeremiah 17.10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Proverbs 15.11 says, Sheol and Abaddon lie open before the Lord, how much more the hearts of the children of men. And this interesting verse in Psalm 19.12, Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God alone knows the heart because he alone searches the depths of even that last level, that dark level of our hearts, because he created us. He watches every single day when we fall, when we make mistakes. He knows all of our faults each and every day. He sees the things in us that we either don't know how to look at or we don't want to look at. But what can we do about hidden faults? What can you do about things that you don't even know that you're doing to try to change them? I don't know if there is a, a solid for sure way there's no like here's the gift of how you explore the depth of your own heart um, but I want to give you a, a, a few ways and suggestions um, uh, to, to, to encourage you to continually dig deeper into your own heart and into the heart of God the first thing I want to encourage you with is that God has not seen a heart that he cannot change now we just got a new HVAC system uh, put into our home um, so we're able to have air conditioning this summer, which is a huge blessing to us. Um, and, and while we were getting estimates and quotes for a new HVAC system, we were really worried about uh, what's called the line set, so the uh, line that goes into the, into the house from the air conditioning that brings the coolant into the house to keep it all cool. We were kind of worried because the house was foreclosed on when we bought it. It was old, and we had different people come out for different estimates, and some people would say, oh yeah, that's really good, and that's one's really, you know, or the next person would say, oh, that's really bad, we're gonna have to replace it, and we're like, we have no idea, you know, we don't have a whole lot of experience in this, so we don't know 100% what to believe, and then I was talking with a guy who was like, I have been doing HVAC for 25 years, I have seen maybe two line sets that were bad, and I thought that was really interesting, and when I thought about this, God has not seen a heart that is bad, bad enough to where he could not change it and fix it. So that's the first encouragement I have for you. The second is this. The deeper that we go into the heart of God, the more we understand the depths of our own heart. So our meditation in, our, in Scripture needs to be rich. Our time with God in prayer needs to be time where, like the, the proverb said, our hearts need to be laid out bare, before God and maybe we even admit to God God I don't know what's in here I don't know the depth of my own heart but I want a heart like yours third if you're a believer you have the holy spirit and Jesus said this in John verse 7 it said it says about us from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water and the scripture goes on to explain that Jesus was talking about the holy spirit being inside of us flowing in our hearts like living water and that's what the holy spirit does just as god spoke light out of the darkness he speaks light through the holy spirit into our hearts to search us and to know us and to find those hidden depths of our hearts and start tuning them towards god's heart fourth we need to be we need to believe and be convinced of our forgiveness of sins Martin Luther says to be convinced in our hearts that we have forgiveness of sins and peace with God by grace alone is the hardest thing. So every day we have to remind ourselves of the gospel over and over and over and over again and let that impact us deep within our lives. We have forgiveness. We have peace with God. This verse, Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Maybe you can take the time during uh, the cancellations and distancing to sit down and draw out what's in your heart. Maybe you can put together some questions, um, things that you've been wondering about yourself, and, and ask someone that you trust, ask me these questions, I need someone to talk, talk with this about. Take the time to pray what David prayed. Create in me a pure heart and renew a right spirit within me. Wanted to end our time together with giving some insight from men of wisdom and understanding and what they have said about our hearts. So hopefully these words uh, from people of wisdom and understanding will help you draw out your own heart and help you understand the depths of your own heart. St. Augustine said, "O Holy Spirit, descend plentifully into my heart. Enlighten the dark corners of this neglected dwelling and scatter there thy cheerful beams. Martin Luther said, Should anyone knock at my heart and say, Who lives here? I should reply, Not Martin Luther, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not become self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency is Satan's net where he catches men like poor silly fish and destroys them. Be not self-sufficient. The way to grow strong in Christ is to become weak in yourself. God pours no power into a person's heart till that person's power is all poured out. Live then daily a life of dependence on the grace of God. And that's Charles Spurgeon. Jonathan Edwards says this, Remember that pride is the worst viper that is in the heart, the greatest disturber of the soul's peace and sweet communion with Christ. The fact that your heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be our home. And that's from C.S. Lewis. This last quote I'm going to read and I'm going to use this uh, to close in prayer. So I'm going to read it once and then we'll pray it together as Cornerstone Church. It's from Thomas Aquinas and he says this, Give us, O Lord, a steadfast heart which no unworthy affection may drag downwards. Give us an unconquered heart which no tribulation can wear out. Give us an upright heart which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Bestow upon us also, O Lord, our God, Understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks for allowing me to share God's word with you from Proverbs 20, verse 5. Um, And and let me close in this prayer uh, that I just read from Thomas Aquinas. So let's pray together. Give us, O Lord, a steadfast heart which no unworthy affection may drag downwards. Give us an unconquered heart, which no tribulation can wear out. Give us an upright heart, which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Bestow upon us also, O Lord, our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen.
1: Sing your song again Whatever may pass and what you're slow to anger your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness I will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart Oh, Lord, I worship your holy name, Lord, I worship your holy name